So glad you could join us today. I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 on Learning. In today's episode, we've invited back our unique panel of experienced parents for part two of a discussion. We introduce you to this panel in episode eight. We call these parents learning coaches. They are the adults who are responsible for the environment of learning and education of their children at home. You may remember that they live throughout the country and know that schooling online has its own set of challenges. Yet each of these families has been successful in developing a routine and leading their children to a quality education. K-12 provides education for anyone and provides the resources to help along the way. Kelly Kellen, K-12 Vice President of Retention, herself an experienced learning coach, will be leading our discussion. We're going to talk about how families worked with schooling more than one child at home, sometimes many more children at home. We'll discuss what to do if you're discouraged and how to find a way out of that discouraging cloud. In addition, we will share some insights into how to learn to navigate the online school, how long it takes, and how to make schooling your own. We're glad you could join us. So I'm Kelly Kellen. I'm the K-12 Vice President of Retention for our managed schools. I previously homeschooled my students for 17 years using the K-12 curriculum. They now have graduated and gone on to college and on to their lives after college. We were a military family and also had special needs children. So we know that this new road that we're on, this new experience can be a challenge. And for those of you that have multiple children, that in itself can be a challenge. Tell us a little bit about how you manage schooling multiple children. Makoba, how about you? Yes, the multiple children. I had three children doing K-12 at one time. And yes, it was a challenge in the beginning. But what I decided to do was every Monday, we did a schedule of work needed to be done, of the required class connects and we have a board that that went on that helped with how the day flowed my oldest was always the one that was i call her the little mama i said because when there were times where i had to move away from the area where they were at and my two youngest of course they started k-12 in the fourth grade So they would get a little playful because mama's not sitting there. And she would crack that whip and I would just kind of chuckle. But it is not difficult to deal with. I had, like I stated, a designated area. In that area, we had everything we needed to be successful. Everything they needed to pay attention, to take notes, because I always tell them, if you read it, learn it, you'll recall it. That was just a motto that I just kept repeating to them. And they have made me so proud in the program that they have and with K-12. And at the end of the day, we will look at the schedule, what the next day classes would be. We would remove the current resource books and replace them with what they needed for the next day. And that was proven successful for all three of my children. All of them, I'm so proud, have been a part of the junior society. My daughter is now a part of the collegiate society. So I'm just a proud mama. 
Haley, do you want to share with us some of your tricks to schooling multiple students? So I do similar things where we had a big dry erase board in our school area and each kid was assigned their own color. We filled out all their information for each day. I started off doing that for them when they were younger and they eventually took over because I had great time management skills based off of that. And we did plan ahead like you did. <laughs> so we had everything ready to go the, the night before for the next day. But we found that we had to put in more breaks for certain children. And for other children, they needed to work a different way. So one child of mine needed a lot more one-on-one -on -one time. So I planned that during my other child's class connect time. And that made our days not go as long, which was great for us. We just did little tiny things to make our day better for each other. So we did kindness things for each other. And that was in our schedule. And it made us feel like we were working as a team. And if we worked like a team, as a family team, we were able to accomplish everything that we needed for the day. And I know it sounds a little cheesy to say a family team, but when we changed our mind to look at it that way, we started having a lot better days and everything was completed. That's great. I love that idea of a family team, all working together toward a common goal. Stephanie, how about you? So when I first started with K-12, I had one in preschool and one in kindergarten. So my youngest, the preschooler, enjoyed sitting with my son while he was in his class connects. She really enjoyed seeing the teachers and the classmates and getting to participate in the lesson. I would also give her a bin full of supplies for her age for learning. It had buttons that she could sort by color or shape, and she could count with them. There were color pages and crayons and scissors, all kinds of supplies that she could use. And she knew where the bin was. So when she got bored and wanted to move away from what my son was doing, she knew where it was and she could go get the bin and work on it on her own. And now she is in kindergarten. I'm having to manage both of them doing the lessons at the same time. So I usually have one do an item that they can do independently, whether it's stride or vocabulary or handwriting. And while they are working independently, I work with the other student on the assignment that they need my assistance with. Next question for the group, and this is one I think that we all potentially struggle with at some point. Did you ever get discouraged in your role as a learning coach? And if you did, how did you handle that mindset and get yourself back on track? And if you haven't ever struggled with it, how do you stay enthusiastic about this on a daily basis? Haley, do you want to share? Of course, you're going to have days where you are discouraged as a learning coach. That's normal and natural. Just think to yourself that it's okay to have those kind of days. For when that happens to my family, we decided at first we didn't handle it very well, to be honest. But after that, we decided to look at those kind of days as learning experiences, and we created a plan of action. So I feel like if you always have a plan ready to go, when something arises, you know how to handle that. You're not stressed and overwhelmed when it happens. So we decided to have those plans. For us, we use mood boosters, and I'm big on those. When we have those, we would help us change the whole mood of the day. So some of the mood boosters I would use with ice cream pause, and we'd all pause if we were frustrated, and we'd all pretend we're hitting the imaginary button. <laughs> and then when we would discuss what happened, how we can make it a better in the future and how we can handle it right then and there. We found a lot of times it was just moving our schedule around, changed how everyone would feel, and then we wouldn't feel so frustrated because everyone was moving together as a family team. Stephanie, how about you? One thing is that I love to focus on one thing at a time. So I make myself a list of everything that I want to get done in the day and everything that I need to get done in the day. And then I can just go down the list and focus on one thing at a time and to keep myself from getting overwhelmed. 
I find joy in checking things off. So for me, I stay really motivated when I can see what I've accomplished at the end of the day. And I also try to keep a positive mindset, not just for me, but for my children. That way they can see it reflected. And I also think that using self-care practices goes a long way. I try to take time at the end of the day after they've gone to bed to just do something that I enjoy and relax before it's time to start the day the next day. And I think Joanna is next. Discouragement. It's going to happen. And I think it's really important not to have expectations of a perf- of perfection or some idyllic experience because it's not going to happen. This is not Instagram. <laughs> this is real life. And I think managing expectations goes a long way. And then this may be TMI, too much information, but I recognize for me personally, the times when I'm most frustrated coincides with my cycle. <laughs> so I realize I tell myself, okay, the real me would be able to handle this. So I'm just going to cut myself a little slack. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to walk away from the kids for a moment. I and mean, sometimes I go take an actual walk and, you know, sometimes with the kids, sometimes not. When we're having frustrating days, sometimes we'll push some lessons on to later in the week so that we can end school early that day. Or I might encourage them to go through each lesson, do what they can without my assistance. And then tomorrow we'll just review those lessons together. And I think what really saves my sanity the most is talking to somebody who understands. I'll go to dinner with a fellow learning coach or call them on the phone. These days we do a lot of video chatting. Any new parent can find someone who has gone through what they've gone through Someone who's gone through what they're going through, through one of our K-12 Facebook support groups or on their local school's Facebook group. Makoba, how about you? How do you stay enthusiastic? Discouragement and enthusiasm, that is a target head-on. My story may be unique. Someone may be able to relate. But um, there became a time where I was, when I say the bottom of the barrel, discouraged because I got seriously ill. Um, My life was on the line and I knew mama got three that needs her. So I had to focus. Uh, We lost our home. We became homeless. I escaped a abusive marriage, but I knew we could do it. Uh, I made a schedule. We kept to it. We worked weekends, holidays, because they did get behind. But I was so proud of them that they showed me what they were made of. And mama, we got this along with your assistance. We got this. We're a family. We're a group. We're strong. And it was amazing. I was shocked. But Sometimes you just have to take a step back, step outside the box sometimes, because we get comfortable with how we do things. We get comfortable with life, but we have obstacles. We have roadblocks. We have things that happen, but I stayed encouraged. Faith was a real big part of it because I got to the point where I was like, Lord, what's next? And I got to tell myself, stay positive. And me saying positive, looking strong, but we all know as mothers, inside it's an internal fight. But I had a strong front with my children. I smiled even when I wanted to cry. And we pushed forward and 
they successfully caught up the, the classwork, the OLS, and I was proud. And that's a story that I feel that I'm in a good space. The discouragement comes now and then, because like you say, we as mothers and learning coaches have that expectation that we put on ourselves and then we have to realize that it's not going to be perfect. Everything is not going to happen in a smooth flow because things will happen like with the system not working quite like it should be. And we're trying to get the children into Class Connects and they're not working, having to flip it over to Zoom. And it, it has been a challenge, but with staying encouraged, using each other, talking to each other, supporting each other, it's always possible. Thank you for sharing that with us very much. Thank you for that, Makoba. So I know I'm someone that likes to make a, a good list every day. I have lists of all my lists and I consider myself very structured, very organized. And my kids were list makers too. So for some people, the structure, the organization and the list making really works. And for others, they feel the need to be really flexible. So tell us a little bit about whether you feel your learning coach style is scheduled or flexible and why that works for you. Joanna? I would consider myself both scheduled and flexible. I think it's very important to start with a schedule, a schedule for the quarter, a schedule for the week, a schedule for the day. And by schedule, I mean the lessons you intend to cover and when. But at the same time, I do not schedule their exact start time, when their breaks are going to be, when their lunch is going to be, when they have to be done by. And we're flexible on that. It, we have to take it day by day. So if it's a tough day, they're going to get extra break. I do have a set bedtime for my kids, so I know they're getting enough sleep. <laughs> but in the morning, if they're extra tired, I'm going to let them sleep in a little bit. I know they're going to do better on their schoolwork if they're not exhausted. And if it's a really rough day, well, then, like I mentioned before, we may push one or two lessons to the next day. So success for us is a flexible yet scheduled day. So how did you learn to navigate the online portion of this of the curriculum, especially when we get started? That tends to be uh, something very new for all of us. So Elmater, can you tell us a little bit about how you accomplished that? Coming out of brick and mortar with my daughter and not having any idea what I was doing, I followed the daily plan that was set before me. Originally, if the daily plan says you start with math, that's what I did. I followed the schedule that was set upon me. I did have to learn that the 60 minutes does not mean that if you are finished ahead of time, you sit there and twiddle your thumbs and wait for that time to be up. So <laughs> that's the sort of thing I had to learn for myself. Actually, going into the fourth year, in the beginning of the school years, I still get up and follow the plan. This year in fourth grade, spelling is part of the ELA and vocabulary is now part of your regular ELA. So where those used to be separate 10 to 15 minute units, they are all put into ELA. So the first day yesterday, Monday, when ELA turned out to be 100 minutes, I was a little flabbergasted until I actually went in and saw, okay, well, this is the time with 
the spelling added in and with the vocabulary added in. So I didn't allow it to panic me because I see that it's still allotted to the same amount of hours come the afternoon or the evening. Following the plan is what I, I did. I still do it now in the beginning of the school year. Also, I have noticed, uh, you'll hear me speak of Gabrielle over Joshua. Joshua was my easy kid. Gabrielle was born at four pounds and she's been fighting ever since. So <laughs> it's not good for me to allow her to see me just disregard patterns or plans that are laid before me because I don't want to give her an excuse to actually be defiant against schedules that I set for her. So with that being said, the first few weeks, and we'll sit and we will discuss Okay, well, if you start ELA at 11 o'clock, you may not be finished by your noon lunch break, that during this time of COVID, the whole neighborhood becomes alive at noon because all of the other kids come outside. So math is something that we might want to do before an hour before lunch because she'll more than likely be finished in time. So after getting in it, do what K-12 or Friendship, our online school, has set before us. Then you're able to find how you're going to manipulate your online curriculum. I start by doing the curriculum that is set before me, and I give that a couple of weeks before I change that up. So that's the way that we have that plan. I believe Heidi might have some ideas on it as well. Navigating that online portion can be a real challenge, but I was also taught to look over the plans. They are strongly suggested plans at the beginning, and they gave me something to hold on to as we were entering into the curriculum with each of our children. I learned that there's also a real sneaky thing that K-12 put in there, and it's called an objective. <laughs> I found out that there's a purpose for each one of these lessons. And if I look at that purpose, it allowed me then to navigate my children's learning within the lesson. It took a teacher to really drill that into me because I was very much A, B, C, D. And when I understood what was trying to be taught here, I could then personalize it a little bit more with my children. So what that means is that sometimes we didn't do everything on the list because they didn't need it. We could go directly to the assessment. Sometimes we did double what was on that list because they needed a little bit more. And so there is where I learned by step by step, by looking over the weekly and daily plans, especially for those younger kids. Now, it's different as they get older. And for my middle and high school students, we, we looked at what was going to be expected for the week. We took a look at them carefully at those assignments when they were due. We made that schedule. When we looked at each lesson, we took a look also at the purpose of those lessons. And we decided to help them learn by taking notes. You know, in a traditional school, you'll be in a lecture with a, a teacher. Well, we have those here. And so we we started learning that as they were reading and looking at the curriculum, that if they wrote just some keywords from every single paragraph they read, it really helped them. In fact, it, it kind of saved them when they when they had an opportunity for an open book test and had to find something, they could jump right to it because they had it right there in their notes. It also helped prepare them for their semester assessments. We learned that if you look at the curriculum, there are hints and opportunities everywhere. We discussed reviewing the points that you could earn on assignments. We realized that we didn't want to spend too much time on an assignment that was only worth two points, but we also didn't want to spend two minutes on an assignment that was worth 50 points. 
we learned that there are, like in all schools, we have to learn how the system works. So taking the time to see what's available in the, in the curriculum, see what's available in every lesson, and then working with the student to see how they learn, it makes a big difference. We know what they know, that we, we know what the kids know, we know what they need to know. And so it's kind of exciting to see that every moment can be part of that education. So I wanted to always make sure that I, if I knew the material, I could help my children ask questions of the teacher and know what to ask and then be guided with some great ways to navigate that curriculum. Looks like we, um, Allison, Allison, I know you've got good ideas for this. You've been doing it a long time. What are some of your ideas? Just basically learning how to navigate the online portion of the curriculum, just the basic navigation of it. You just learn it by doing it. It's, it's actually pretty intuitive, but it just can look a little complex the first time you see it. But once you start using it and you start cruising around, and that's what I advise to a lot of learning coaches, once that schedule loads, just cruise around, check it out, click everything. Just make sure you're doing school in the student account. That's the only thing you have to remember. You really can't hurt anything else. So that's the first thing. And then as Heidi said, I'll just sort of add on that I remember one of the creators of the curriculum in a, in a speech that I got to hear years ago talking about how it's a buffet. And so there's just so much there. There's so much provided for us. And I love that there were so many ways. There's a challenge question and beyond the lesson and you might want to check out this website and all that. And I wanted to do all of it in the beginning, but you really, you know, you really can't do every single bit of it. So keeping an eye on the lesson objectives and making sure that you're doing the activities that ensure that your student is mastering the objectives for the lesson and then enjoying that journey as I said before, but do know that there are so many tools and resources available to you. And in the beginning, as Almeida said, you kind of want to just start with that schedule. Just start simple, uh, go with your daily schedule of lessons and class connects and work with that. And then bit by bit, you can start seeing all these other tools and resources available to you there and start uh, weaving some of those in. But it's, it's a journey and there's a transition time, but there are tons of tools and resources resources for you and lots of places you can go to learn more about all of them. Thanks, Allison. You talked about the resources and the places that we can go uh, to learn about the curriculum. Jocelyn, tell us about the best resources for you as you learn to become proficient as a learning coach. And then also about how long did it take for that to happen until you really felt like you knew what you were doing as a learning coach? I feel like my best resources in learning to become proficient as a learning coach were K-12's website and my own school's website. Uh, We also worked very closely with my children's teachers had any questions, problems, send a few emails. We also had a good chat time with the teachers in the class if they had any problems. Personally, it took me a few weeks of working with my children in the OLS and the Class Connects to feel proficient just getting the hang of all the tools and the ways that everything worked. Great, great. thank you. Makova, how about you? Okay, the, <laughs> that was an interesting time for me. I would say becoming proficient, it took me a couple of weeks because what the biggest frustration for me was when, when school starts, we have not only new students, we got orientation, we have these assessments that are like 51 questions plus, and then you have to try to get the child focused. I know it's long, 
if you want to pause it, take a break for just a minute. But this is something that the teacher needs in order to know and assess where you are. I say, and, and then I'm looking at the fact that you also have uh, schedule changes. You have class conflicts where you got overlapping classes that you got to communicate because these teachers, they don't know that you have two classes at the same time. And you're actually what I would tell my my children. I said, OK, this day you're going to go in this class and then this day you're going to go in the other class. And we did this just so they knew I'm not ignoring you. I have a conflict until it's resolved and they could understand that. I said, but we have so many resources that it helped me become comfortable. It helped to ease that tension between, okay, we're going from the ninth grade to the 10th grade. Now I have an eighth grader becoming a ninth grader and the platform changes because you you no longer have this daily attendance, but you have course attendance. You got to where in high school, it's it's a whole new ball game. We're playing major league baseball now, and you have to go into each class regardless if you have a class connect. And that is, like I say, as you go from the different levels, you learn different things. But I, like I say, it'll take a couple of weeks because you got to get all of the crinkles and the bumps out and get the classes straight and make sure your child is comfortable with what they're actually doing. But it is easy to reach out. They have the learning coach groups. They have power sessions. They have it's so many things as learning coaches that are available to us and to be proficient in, in what we do and with all of our children. I suggest reach out, be a part of it, volunteer. Great point. Great point. Well, ladies, we have come to the end of our panel discussion today. I think you all have shared some incredibly personal and uplifting, introspective things for all of us. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to share what you've learned with our new learning coaches. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning. To learn more about K-12's tuition-free public online schools, the Destinations Career Academies, or the international and private school options, go to k12.com. We invite you to subscribe so you can join us next time for K-12 on Learning.